Welcome to 54 Live. I am your host, Digsies, and I am joined by an esteemed panel of golf savants tonight. I got my co-host, Jake. What's up, Jake? Life is good in the hood. Okay, see, surviving. Yeah, I got Big Boy Pants Golf. What's up, Big Boy Pants? What's up? <laughs> and we also have Pro Golf Critic. What's up, Critic? Hey guys, what's going on? How to bring out the big guns for this last, uh, we were just saying before we started recording that it's the last major of the year. It's very upsetting. Um, but I had to pull out the big guns and, uh, we'll have a nice heated discussion, a little open preview we, as we head to Royal Liverpool, right, Jake? This is going to be a war and a half, man, because again, last major of the year, we had the Scottish Open last week, so everyone's firing on all cylinders. Live Golf had a tournament in London a few weeks ago. Everyone who's been, who's at this event has probably been here for roughly what, two or three weeks? Yeah. Is that fair to say, guys? Yep. Definitely. And you had a bunch of guys going over to Wimbledon early. They played the Scottish Open. So these guys are there. We, we don't have to worry about time difference and time zones right now. These guys have been over on that side of the pond for a minute now. But uh, yeah, Royal Liverpool. Um, there's been a lot of talk this week about a few things. The new 17th hole that they changed was they completely rerouted the hole. It used to be the 15th hole going out towards the water. Now it's coming back in. They got the in-play out of bounds, which a lot of people are complaining about. Um, I'm seeing on Twitter, but you know, it's something that's been there forever. Um, anybody want to talk about that? What's what's the deal with this in-play in, in out of bounds? I, I don't mind it because it's going back to the 1800s when the course was you know, made. Yeah, I'm totally fine with it, too. Uh, you know, the, the last few Opens that have been played at uh, where Liverpool have had this um, out of bounds. Um, I have heard that it sounds like on 18, it is pinched in a little bit more than, than what it uh, than what it uh, was the last time in 2014, like, like maybe by about 20 yards. But It looks like it's like three you know, steps is, look, off the fairway. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's only on one side, so it's like, uh, you know, I saw Kepka, um, in one of his pressers earlier saying like, yeah, you just don't, just don't hit it right and you'll be fine. And it's like, that was a really simplistic way to say it, but it's like, yeah, that, that's all you have to do. You just play down the left. Yeah, the, the rough is going to be a little, little bit, uh, uh, tricky on the left plus side, but you know that it's there. It's not, not going to sneak. T- a sneak up on you. If you've done your home homework, you'll be fine. Uh, if, if you are playing in a crosswind where it's going towards the out of bounds, yeah, it might get a little bit dicey, but you know, we got to start, we got to start making these courses harder for these guys. So yeah, I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. And if Wyndham Clark was playing on this course at the U S open, he would have been taking a penalty <laughs> strat, right? Pants. You know what, gentlemen, I'm going to have to disagree with you both because I'm the, of the mindset that, you find the ball and you play it wherever it is. I've played shots off the road. I've dodged cars like Frogger because, because <laughs> I'm down to play golf. I'm not down, I'm not down to play. Oh, there's a white line sprayed here. Now you can't play it. No, I see my ball. I'm playing it. Yeah. At my home. the same mindset, pretty much. I mean, real talk. It's the exact same thing as me for Premier Pants. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to look down the fairway to see an imaginary line. I mean, F it. I see my ball. It's live. I can hit, I can get to it physically. I'm going to play it. 
And that's how an open course should be. It's how a Lynx championship should be. Hey, I'm in some guy's sheep yard. Okay, cool. Let's move the sheep. I'm in a pile of sheep shit. Okay, cool. Let's do this. You know? Yeah, it's just that 120 years ago, if you're playing that shot, you would have got barreled over by some, you know, thoroughbred horses. You know well, what? I'll take, I'll take that rib injury if I can save a couple strokes. Fr- Frogger 2, the new edition, instead of dodging cars or dodging horses. Now I think you've and taken it too far, to sir. <laughs> now let's talk about let's talk about this new part three, the seventeenth hall. It went from a green that funneled to the middle to a turtle shell back green. Everything's funneling out. You have to hit a precise shot. But the members at Royal Liverpool thought that there wasn't as much excitement coming to the end of the tournament. They wanted to, you know, make it more appealing for the viewer and the people there. Uh, Jake, what do you think? You know, I'm always down for like trouble and trials at the, at the ending holes. Um, you need to have the ending holes be something that you can either go low on or go high on, right? And it being a championship, I, like a major championship, I prefer it to be a, something that you can go high on. So that's just my personal opinion because if you have it to where it's just meh, bland holes, ultimately understand this. At the end of the championship, unless you're the Masters, Augusta National, the last three holes are the holes that we get the most coverage of. There's a reason why 17 of Sawgrass is so well known. It's because it's one of the last holes, right? If number 17 at Sawgrass was number five at Sawgrass, we wouldn't know that hole as well. I'm, I, I promise you that. So, oh, I'm fully down for making that hole more interesting. I just hope it plays out and actually creates that, that drama. Yeah, it's like X people to name the first nine holes at Augusta, you know? Everybody could give you the back nine, like the back of their hand, you know, because it's like that old adage, the Masters doesn't start to the back nine on Sunday. Pants, what do you think? I am down for a hole called, on the 17th, let's call it Nail in the Coffin. I'm happy that they change it, because I don't want the same format where Rory won. I am team anyone but Rory, so switch it up. I want it, you know what, this year, let's blindfold everybody. Let, let me put on my, let, let me put on my bulletproof vest because you know I'm a big Rory guy. I knew it, it only took uh. six minutes and thirty seconds into the podcast before <laughs> we got Rory slander critic. What's your what's your uh, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, you know, seventeen. I like it so so far. You know, uh, whenever you you see any new hole that the, like the players are totally split on, like I'm definitely here for it. Like. You know, I, I've uh, heard a couple of players uh, say they thought that it was unfair. You know, I, I heard a couple others, you know, say, oh, they, they really like it. And I do feel like, you know, having a really cool short par three that like a lot of stuff can happen on, like there's a lot of runoff areas, like you're, you're going to see anything from a, a two to a five, maybe even higher um, if the wind picks up. You know, I, I really love par threes like, like that. Every great course um, every course that's like truly memorable, I feel like has a really interesting short par three. Um, and this really, uh, really does it. I've seen videos of it. I've seen a couple of practice rounds where folks have, uh, played it. It's going to be really interesting if they get a crosswind because it's going to be really hard to keep the ball on the green, which is always, you know, really interesting when you're coming into the last few holes of a major. Like, you want there to be a little bit of variability of scores. So I definitely think that that's what we're going to get on, on 17 and 18. So. 
Yeah, you don't want the you want the leader to actually have to earn the claret jug, you know. And Brooks said it best, exactly yes. what you just said, you know. Like think about all the memorable holes: the twelfth at Augusta, the seventeenth at TPC. They're all short of part threes under 160 yards you know if it's 250 260 everybody's hitting the same three iron to the middle of the green and just trying to two putt for par with this you know if someone's you know one two back they can go for the pin and that could either take them out of it or it could bring them right up to the lead so i i think we're going to get an exciting finish i'm looking forward to it now Speaking of Rory, he's the big winner last week. He just keeps collecting all these nation na- national opens. You know, he's just keep adding to his war chest. I'm going to you, Pants. You all think right, he, I'm gonna? What do you think? What, I, honestly, you, you think he's not going to make the cut? You think he's not? No, no, I, no. He will definitely make the cut. This guy's making the cut. All right, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not crazy. I'm just a hater. There's a big difference. Yeah. So, you know, so I've got to sit back. I've already put out the anyone but Rory vibes starting yesterday or so because this guy is completely in form. He was only one stroke back at the, uh, the last major. And, you know, we don't know what's going to happen right now, but I'm, I'm every day, you know, I'll be doing rain dance and, and chanting to try to make the wins push Rory's ball over that OB line, spray him on every hole for Rory. <laughs> every hole I want to see a, see a white line down. Now, he made some big news not speaking to the media before uh, this week's tournament. Jake, what do you think that has to do with? That was incredibly smart of him. It's probably one of the smartest things that he's done in a long time. You know, normally Rory and all these other guys that are in that kind of spotlight position, you know, they put themselves in front of the cameras. They give themselves the media day. And whether you want to admit it or not, when you're in the camera room, those guys, those journalists, and some of them are journalists and most of them aren't, truth, truth, um, my personal opinion on that is that their goal is to rattle you. Their goal is to bring out some left field comments. And we see it from our own guys in our own field. You know, we had, uh, you know, UK golf lover at the Live London presser for the Majestics, and he asked them, hey, how do you feel about, you know, these guys that w- were... 20-year friends of yours turned on you and all of a sudden are trying to be friends again with you. And that was kind of a left-field comment. And you saw that it kind of confused and took took the guys off their game a little bit as far as in the presser. Whether or not that actually goes and, and follows you onto the course, it depends on the individual player. But I do know that Rory's performance on the course has suffered because he's been trying to be the mouthpiece. When he's not the he's not the the, the player emeritus you know, he's not Tiger Woods. He's not over the hill. He's not, you know, Phil Mickelson, who's nearing the end of his career. He's primetime 34-year-old Rory McIlroy. And for him to make this move and say, hey, I'm not going to be an oppressor was genius on his part. I agree with you 100%. I think he should do this more often. And I think after what happened with him being the PGA Tour's mouthpiece and for Jay Monahan pretty much to, you know, stab him in the back, even though Rory did say he was one of the few people to know what was going on before everybody else went up, you know, knew what was going on. Probably him and Tiger were the only two people, two, two golfers that Monahan actually spoke to before he made the deal. But I think it's a smart deal for Rory. And I just think that he should focus on the golf, focus on, you know, hitting the ball in between the lines and you know what not get in front of the camera so much critic what do you think completely agree i think that that rory is at his best when he's uh speaking to the press as little as possible uh you know i just think that you know we've we've definitely seen it over the past year you know he's had a lot of i think 
you know, this this has definitely come out kind of how the PJ Tour operates with a lot of the documentation that's been re- released. Uh, there, there's a lot of scripted talking points that they have. Um, it's pretty clear that, like, Rory and a lot of his pressers has, like, scripted talking points that he's been given that he wants that, that leadership want, wants him to lean into. Um, I, I think that that's also part of the reason why he's skipped, uh, you know, some other pressers that, that he's, uh, he's had, like, he didn't have, have one at the U.S. Open either, and he finished in second. So, you know, I definitely think that there's some, there's definitely some, something to that. I'm sure that that's exactly what he's thinking in the back of his mind. Like, oh, you know, I was validated a, a bit by uh, skipping out on the U.S. Uh, the US Open presser. I'm going to double down on that now. Um, and it's like, what else does he really have to say at this point? Like, we already yeah. know uh, he's, like, kind of... Uh, not exactly transparent. He's a mouthpiece. He's been a mouthpiece for a while. He knew way more about what was going on behind the scenes that he's let on. So un- unless like someone's willing to get into a press conference and like really like dial in and like really challenge him, like that's the only thing I would want to see at this point. But no, no one in, in yeah. the uh, golf company is going to going to do that. No, nobody that's covering like the PGA Tour and is like their media will do that. Uh, Pants, I'll let you be the final one to speak about Rory because we know you love him so much. And I'm going to weigh in as the voice of reason here, gentlemen. In terms of Rory skipping out on these pressers, all all I'm going to do is recall Christine Brennan, the quote-unquote journalist, you know, when they asked her about Naomi Osaka skipping these press conferences due to mental health, when she didn't want to do them for the French Open, then she eventually pulled out. Christine Brandon was saying, well, sorry, you're obligated to do these press conferences. So in terms of golf, is Rory actually allowed to just skip them? Because I know he, he has special rules where he just skips elevated events multiple times and then he, you know, he gets docked some money. But is this another situation of special rules for Rory? Because I don't know why then anyone would, would, would do these pressers. And the second point to that is, if he just doesn't want to do them because it puts more heat on him or he's going to say the wrong thing, well, maybe he has to learn to not say the wrong thing hmm. and, beca- and become less of a weak sauce, give me my safe space thing. Because then you're going to have this slippery slope where every guy realizes, hey, actually, this is a waste of 30, 45, an hour, minute, uh, hour of my life. I could be, you know, use this chipping or putting. I'm going to leave it with you gentlemen. But again, that was just the voice of reason speaking. Yeah, but you know what? You also have 149 other guys that, and a lot of guys that would want the spotlight. You know, with tennis, it's really, you know, one on one. And when you get to the finals, it's, you know, soccer versus whoever she's playing. So you really only got two people to speak to. With golf, you got, you know, 150 others and plenty of guys down on the totem pole that would love to get their, you know, five minutes of shine. But I, I, I understand what you're saying. Jake, to wrap it up, anything? Nothing much beyond that. I mean, you're exactly right. There's 150 plus plus guys out there. There are many, many, many different stories. And every single person out there, if you actually dug into it, has a narrative about why they're out there. And this and there's beauty behind that for every single player. For Rory, he's so much tied into the baloney off the course right now that just just talking to him right now, all it's going to do is distract him, take him out of his headspace and bring up things that doesn't need to be brought up right now. We're here for golf at this this week. We're not here for Jay Monahan's next BS and failure. I agree. Now, before we get on to scores, picks, all that stuff, anything else about the golf course, Jake? You're usually our golf course savant. 
you know, there's nothing really much that, that I can say much about Royal Liverpool. Um, you know, we're, we know what it's going to, what it's going to be about. Um, we already saw this past week, uh, Pants and I did the, uh, the wonderful opportunity that Sam Burns had to, uh, experience what it is to not be Rory McElroy when it comes to free drops. Yeah. Um, I saw that. Yeah. But, um, you know, so I don't think that we're going to see as people, people being as enthusiastic about that type of opportunity simply because we saw that, you know, unless your name is R O R Y, you're not going to get the D R O P. So, <laughs> you know, that's just kind of the reality of the situation. You know, it's, it's an open championship course. So really the, the big question is, will God show up? And if God does not show up, then it's going to be low scores. If God shows up, we get some high scores. Yeah. And honestly, I, I the one thing that I want to say is that the RNA has got it. 100% right with this 9-10 course rota. Like the US Open and the USGA can really learn from this. Like we saw the flack they got for having, you know, LA Country Club it being too easy, this, that, and the other. And they did start to do that recently with the host sites, you know, Oakmont, Pinehurst, Shinnecock. Honestly, they need to just pick 9-10 courses and just keep rotating them between those 9-10 to 10 Pebble Beach, you know, like I, I think that's the best way to do it. People want to see these courses every 10 years, you know what I mean? Well, it makes it more special whenever they show up because, again, there's the majesty behind it. We don't care if people shoot 27 under par at St. Andrews. It's St. Andrews. Exactly. We don't care. Now, Pats, I saw you had a resident of the Royal Liverpool at Liverpool area on your podcast this week. Any little tidbits that you can give us? I'll put it this way. That was an hour-long podcast. The, the gentleman lives right there, and... He's giving out tidbits in terms of, hey, there's some courses. I guess that's actually, he lives about four and a half hours um, from Royal Liverpool. But there's tons of courses out there. You're going to actually probably de-age. If you look at the video, the the air, you can see how clean it is on screen. You're going to make UK mates. It's farmland. I mean, this is a total opportunity to go out, play golf on the cheap. And unlike the USA, you don't have all these natural dangers you're not gonna have things that are gonna kill you you're not gonna go into a hot spring and then end up melted <laughs> yeah man it looks beautiful over that i'm go- i'm actually going over there for the first time not uk i'm going to ireland for the first time in september i'm um, taking my wife there for her birthday and you know i definitely did try to say oh maybe one morning you could go do this and i could go grab a quick nine holes and i don't know if i'm gonna win that battle guys Nine holes isn't going to be enough for you. Like when, once you've had a little taste of Lynx golf, like it changes everything about your your appreciation for golf in general. Like I went over to Scotland about seven years ago. Played uh, played for a week. Uh, played Turnberry, Presswick, Royal Troon, uh, Royal Troon right before the uh, uh, the Open came. I came there, so the grandstands were up. Oh, now, that's it's cool. just a yeah, it's just a whole nother level of. Uh, golf over there, variety, the conditions play a, a huge, huge role. And I, I've heard it's, it's basically going to rain every single day this week, uh, during the open. So it's going to, it's definitely going to play super long. It's going to be a little softer than, uh, than we've probably seen the last few opens, but you know, it's definitely, it's, uh, I highly recommend anyone that's like really passionate about golf. You're gonna ha- have to make a pilgrimage over to the U- UK and play some of those those great links courses. 
Yeah, definitely. This this is her 40th birthday trip, and I already told her, so, you know, we're going back for my 40th. We're going to Scotland. We're going to UK, and I'm definitely going to play some of these open courses for sure because nice. I have to get it done before my life's over, you know? Now, let's get to scoring. <laughs> let's get to scoring here, okay? We were we talked about this, me, Pants, and Jake, for the U.S. Open podcast, and Pants was right on with his score. So, let's start with you, Pants. What do you think the final score will be? I'm going to go with minus 14. Okay. Plug little, it in there, gentlemen. Minus, minus 14. You know, he comes down to this, gentlemen. It's these courses over there. They can't stand the, the American power. They can't stand it. They're not designed for American club head speed. No, they're not. Jake, what do you think? You know, a lot of it just depends on, on again, what happens win-wise. When you look at the actual final scores from you know 2014, Roy McIlroy won uh, there at 17 under par. Um, so I'm gonna, honestly, I'm thinking there. I don't want to say the guys are going to threaten 20 because I, I just don't think that that everyone's that much further better per round. You know, point point six six strokes better per round. Um, but so I'm going to say somewhere around like 18. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, critic. What do you think? So one thing to keep in mind is that uh, the previous opens it, it was a par seventy two and it's a par seventy one for this particular open. So okay, that's a good point. I do think it's going to be a couple. It's going to be a couple shots shots lower. I think that it's still going to play relatively easy. I don't think we're going to have a day with like crazy wind or anything like like that. I checked. Uh, it it looks I, like the wind's going to yeah. be six to twelve every single day. Like right, yeah. not nothing crazy. That sounds about right. Okay. So, yeah, in that case, I'm thinking uh, the winning score is going to be anywhere uh, between you know, minus 12 and minus 14, kind of in that range. Uh, if you want to av- average it out, we, we could say minus 13. But uh, if Rory won at minus 17 and it was a par 70, uh, 72, par 71, four shots lower, like that seems like the right number to me. But, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. I was pretty close in, in the U.S. Open, too. I was off by one, so. We'll have to see what happens. All right. And honestly, me, I think with the, you know, it's been wet this week. Um, It looks like it's going to rain over the weekend. So I think I'm more in line with Jake. I think people might push that that 20 under. I don't don't think they'll get there. But, you know, 17, 18, I, I think that sounds pretty good for me. Now, let's do something different before we get to our picks, all right? Instead of picking who we think is going to win the U.S. Open, who are the top dogs, let's say the top 10, would you let's, – let's go top 20 because Brooks isn't in the top 10 and, you know, some guys aren't. So, you also got Morikawa, JT in the top 20. Let's go out of the top 20. Who do you think definitely cannot win the Open this week? Jake, start us definitely cannot, 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 cannot win the big name in the top 20 that won't win this week. The big name in the top 20 that won't win this week. Oh my gosh. This is a weird question. Uh, you better, you better keep, (laughs) you better keep tally on this. Okay. I will. So I, I already said this on Twitter. I already went, went, went there on Twitter. I, I got blocked today by a player, first player I've been blocked by. Um, <laughs> Tell us a story. Let's hear it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Patrick Cantlay is posting his, like, you know, get hype speech for the week. And, man, you know, if you guys don't know this, he's paired with Brooks Kepka, which I hate that for Brooks because you know that Brooks wa- still wants to kill him for the match. And, you know, they're playing together this week, the first two rounds. So, I, t- I tweeted back, man, there's a better chance that Brooks Kepka takes a seven iron to your shin than, than you wouldn't 
And I got blocked by Patrick Cantley. So, I mean, I got I to gotta lean into it, guys. I think Patrick Cantley has zero chance this week. That's a feather in your cap getting blocked by a professional golfer. I'm sure it's not the first time. I'm sh- And speaking about getting blocked by professional golfer's pants, who do you got? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just blocked by a lot of people. But is this is the easy one. Is Homa considered top 20? I don't, I don't think he is. But if he is, that's a lock. He is in the official World Golf Rankings, yeah. Oh, you were talking. To, oh, I thought we were talking in terms of the actual um, odds list. If you're talking the top, yeah. If you're talking the top twenty OWGR, the now defunct OWGR, Max Homa all day long. Max Homa. I looked. I looked. I looked yeah. into his soul during the U.S. Open, and yeah, no. <laughs> you saw his vinegar strokes. <laughs> I mean, literally, that dude pees sitting down. He oh, is, he is. <laughs> he is sixty to one. So Vegas. Yeah, Max has no. Vegas oh. doesn't think he has a shot. Critic, what do you think? No, I completely agree. Max Homa has no shot at winning this. Um, I mean, I, I probably got, of the o- OWGR top 20, I could probably name like 15 that don't have a shot, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it at like maybe, maybe three or four. Yeah, just like, does anybody have any big names yeah. that like the top <clears throat> 10 favorites or yeah. top fives that I'm they gonna think? Go, I'm, I'm going close, uh, close to the sun. I'm guaranteeing. Rory McIlroy is not going to win this. Wow! Game. So I'm putting it out there. Uh, you know, I think that there's a lot to like the emotion spent the previous week in Scotland. Like those conditions were not easy. Uh, the back nine on on Sunday was not easy for Rory. I don't really think that he's had much time to recover from from that. Um, I think there is always so much hype around Rory McIlroy. Um, every single major, the hype machine is like at an all time high right, right now. So many people are picking him to win this tournament. Um, and I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I think that Rory, he probably will win another major at some point, but it's going to be one where he's coming in sort of under the radar, not when he has this attention from winning the previous week. He's been sort of the headliner in golf basically this entire year. Um, and I just don't think that he has a shot. So he's been like a top Let's five favorite for like the last eight majors. It's pretty because I know because I've I been, know I've been betting on him every single ma- <laughs> major since the mass the the fall Masters in 2020. So just think about how much money I, I lost on him so far. So <laughs> I know you you must really like losing money. Yeah, I'm not I'm not I, I'm not I have I, I'm putting my money behind two other guys this week. He is one of my three picks to win, but. Money-wise, I, I refuse to put any more money on him. Um, but with me, I honestly, uh, this might be a little crazy, but I, I think John Rahm because he, I feel he hasn't played a lot. Mm. He ha- he's only played three times since the PGA Championship. Um, he missed the cut at the Travelers. So he only, since the U.S. Open, he only has six rounds under his belt. And uh, I just... I don't know. I just feel like, you know, like he could definitely prove me wrong. You know, John Rahm is a beast, but I feel like there's so many other guys this week that can get the job done. Can I, so can I throw another? Is, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Can I throw another pick in there? Yeah. In the top 20 who won't win. And, and it's going to be an Asian guy this time. Okay. <laughs> because, because I'm an Asian man. I can also sense when another Asian man doesn't have his game, and that man's name is Colin Morikawa. 
Yeah. And I know, wait, wait, you're going to say this. Oh, he, he finished, he lost in the playoff in the Rocket Mortgage. That was his, that was the last of his energy power. And he <laughs> lost in the playoff to Ricky. Now he's going to go, he's going to go dormant. He's going to go dormant for the next three months, just like you took some fermented cabbage and put it into a jar. He's ready another three months, my friend. And it's called kimchi and he's not even Korean. <laughs> so, so, so are you saying that because he's playing with, he's playing with Max Homer the first two rounds that he just, he just has no chance? It's two dudes who are literally ectomorphs. Their bodies can't handle this kind of. Yeah, I'm right here. This is this. You guys are laughing, but this is science. Max Homa and Kyle Markawa are ectomorphs. They're wearing like probably medium sized sweaters like they always do, and it's a little bit baggy. They have to have them pulled in on the sides a little bit. Mm, yeah. Okay. They need to fatten up a little bit. So, so my question is, hey, John, they could, back to it, back to the. No, finish, Pence. Finish, Pence. Yeah, finish pants. Finish pants. I like. I, mean, I like where this basic, is going. Remember, well, it's just you have ectomorphs, mesomorphs, and the 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 the, the fatomorphs, the bigger ones, whatever yeah. they're called. These ectomorph dudes. I'm sorry. It, you're lucky. You're lucky. We live in society now where you can go to a store and just get some food. You don't have to hunt for it because the ectomorphs wouldn't be around anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've seen that metabolic chart pop up on my Instagram a few times. Like intermittent fasting. Are you an exomorph, an endomorph? I know what you're talking about, Pants. I, I'm on your wavelength. There you go, dude. Good. That's what I was looking for. Endomorph. Endomorph. Yeah, that's the fat one. I think that's what I am right now. So that's why I know that. Well, Jake was in left field because if you listen to his workout program, he's using 10 pound dumbbells in each hand and doing reps of uh, 400 reps for, for three sets. <laughs> hey, by the way, did you see that video? I sent you over to your, to your DM, to your uh, email uh, pants. I did send you, it's I sent not- you a video of me. I sent you a video of me doing 450 in about five minutes. You send them workout videos or you're all sweaty. No, but he, he asked for it. He asked but for it. But it's weird. I, I, I clicked on it for a second. I, I see the guy's not wearing a shirt or pants and I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I had, I had a shirt and pants. He on. sent you the wrong video. That's what it was. That was. Oh, is that, the, what, is that what happened? That video was for one of his lady friends. He sent you the wrong one. Wait, I sent the wrong one? <laughs> we need to double check later on. That's for a different time. But, you know, so back to John Rom. Do you guys think that just because he, he was so hot to start the year off, right? He was just so unbelievably, like, solid and looking just God tier, right? Mm-hmm. He was looking like Steve Stricker is in the Champions Tour, just unbeatable. You have an obsession with and Steve Stricker right now. I do. Well, I have an obsession with people who are just playing above their limits, okay? When you catch somebody playing above their limits, it's impressive and I want to study it. I want to understand why are you so much better than anybody else. And so you're right. I am obsessed with Steve Stricker right now. But John Rom was in that spot. If you look back before the Masters, he was in that spot. And he hasn't been for a while. Do you think it just kind of flamed out? Like he needs a few months to kind of recuperate and refigure his game? Or do you think maybe Callaway's letting him down with the, with the, with the paradigm change? What do you guys think? I don't know. I, I know all like the, you know, regular golfers like ourselves. Like I played with a few guys that have the paradigm and they said they loved it. So you, you hearing bad things about it? No, not at all. But uh, I will tell you this: as some, whenever I I got set up for irons about five months ago, and I noticed this whenever uh, Rom was playing against against Brooks. Brooks is playing, of course, Sir Ricks and Mark Mark's Mark ZX sevens, I think. And um, you know, Rom is playing Apexes, um, Callaway Apexes. 
which is like the higher the, the blade version of what of what you know Callaway uses. The paradigms are basically their their cavity backs, their, mm-hmm. their game improvement items. So when he's playing with them, though, the Callaways, I can tell you this from personal experience, they're designed to give higher lofted ball flight. So they give just way higher shot uh, uh, shot trajectory. And they just have a lower distance calibration than, than the TaylorMades or even the Srixons. So I noticed that Ron, on the same exact distance, was playing one iron down, sorry, one iron up than Brooks Kepka was all the way through his set whenever they're playing at the Masters. Interesting. And I, I don't know. I don't know if this is a thing that was, is brand new to them or is, you know, a difference thing that he's getting used to. But when you change equipment or when you have these equipment differences, it creates problems in games. And so I wonder if Rom is kind of flamed out right now. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I, it's just, it, it's so hard to stay hot for so long. Like if your name's not Tiger Woods, like how many of these guys have really kept it going for long periods of time? Pants, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to jump in here with some facts, my friends. So bring it on. Of course. Well, you got Jake out here talking about what were the, the paradigm irons. We're there for like, you know, you Death need a lot me. of forgiveness. Yeah. Right. But now you got Rom here. He's playing the Apex TCB irons, Tor Cavity backs. So he still has the forgiveness. He didn't go, to, I believe, to the MBs, which would be the muscle black backs. He's been playing them, I believe, since the beginning of the year. And remember the year before, he only won the Mexico Open. So he had one win maybe over the whole year. So he's definitely in a Good cool point. period. He heats up, but just when everyone's doubting him, he goes, en fuego. It was just, it was insane. So even when he wasn't ranked number one in the world at the time, none of us believe in the OWGR, everyone knew he was the true number one, best player out there. And now, when, before you go onto another hot streak, you've got to go on a, on a cold streak. So there's cold streaks out of the way. Now he's primed to go take these Apex TCB irons out and destroy. Maybe maybe I put the yeah. d- the Digsy reverse mush on him. Maybe he'll win this week. <laughs> Critic, what do you yeah. think? Yeah, I got to gotta jump jump in. I I think that Rom was uh, my pick. I, I kind of had three guys to potentially win. Rom was was one of them. And after this conversation, I hundred percent think that he's going to win now. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that just because you know, I don't think he's been playing nearly as bad as everybody makes makes it out to be. Like he was top ten at the U.S. Open. He obviously won the Masters. He, he finished lower at the PGA, but it's like you, you can't like every major isn't going to be you know a top. Correct. Yeah. So you can't. You not can't even for Kepka. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think that he is trending back back up. I think that the Travelers was was kind of a that was kind of a really odd tournament because a lot of these guys had, had played a lot of golf and it was a birdie uh, fest. It was a crazy weeks. birdie fest. Yeah. And that isn't his uh, his game game at all. I definitely think that he's going to win a Open Championship at some point. Um, I don't I don't know if th- this is the week, but I think that he has as good a chance as any anybody to win. So um, yeah, so uh, I def- definitely think he's uh, he's my favorite. All right. So that's his favorite to win. Now let's get to our picks. Let me go first because you guys are going to like this because last time when we did the U.S. Open preview and I made my picks, you guys thought I was smoking crack because I took Ricky Fowler, Xander Shawflay, and Rory and, you know, not to toot my own horn, Ricky was leading for 54 holes. Pants almost had to shave his head. If it was a live event, <laughs> Pants would have had to shave his head. Um, but yeah, I'm going with the live guy and I'm putting... I would say 80% of my money behind this guy, and that's Bryson DeChambeau. 
Mm, I really? feel like, yep. I feel like Bry- Bryson is trending. He came in second to Gooch at Valderrama, and it's going to be wet. It's going to play long. He's going to be able to hit it down there, past some of these bunkers, and he's just he's he's too good of a talent to not only have that U.S. Open win. And yep. I just have a feeling that this is the week that, you know, he's under the radar, you know, mm. you don't see him on TV. He's not getting in the back and forth nonsense other than that CNN interview he did. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he's trending, he's been trending on live and, you know, it's crazy because like these people that don't watch live, there's really not that great stats to go and see. It's just only like the leaderboard. So a lot of these guys don't know what Bryson's doing. And I, I feel like he's in great, great spot to win. So he's my number one pick. I'm just curious to see how they, how he plays this week with the first two rounds. And the reason why he's playing with a guy who will outdrive him every single hole. He's playing with Cameron young, the first two rounds. So I don't know. How does Bryson handle not being the big stick? We know that DJ doesn't mind it. He doesn't even, he's not even aware of, of his playing partner's drives. Yeah. But I don't know how Bryson DeChambeau handles it. I haven't seen too many rounds where Bryson DeChambeau has been the obvious shorter hitter. He has that. No, he's, he, I'm yeah. sorry, Critic. Go. No, I was just, just going to jump, jump in. He, he isn't going to, going to stand for any, anybody hitting it past him. He's going to go into full long drive, long drive mode if, Cam Young is like getting anywhere close to him. So, so I, I think that, uh, that could potentially torpedo his whole plan if like that gets in his head and he's like, Oh no, I got to drive, drive it past him. Like, so I mean, that, that could be a component, but, uh, we'll, we'll have to see. I don't think he's going to get out there. But that, that's what, I, that's what I'm curious about. Cause again, I've never seen, I, I can't remember a, a clear round where he's playing with somebody who is notably, going to hit the ball as far or just or farther than him intentionally. And Cam Young is that guy. So I very much hope we get to see a lot of coverage of this group and, and how things play out because I don't know how he handles that. And you're right. If he starts going, F this, I'm going to be the long driver in this group, that could torpedo his whole game. Let me ask you a question, Jake. Yeah. Do they call Bryson the mad scientist? They do. Did Bryson just put that driving iron into his bag? He did. You think he might pull a 2006 Tiger Woods and not worry about what everybody else is doing? No, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, I just think that I, Bryson has too much. I, I, to me, as an outsider looking in, Bryson seems to have too much. I want to be the best ego that I just mm. don't feel him playing next to Cam Young is going to be healthy for his game. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think he's getting smarter. Like he, he, he realized yeah. that putting on all that weight wasn't good for his body. He, he, he leaned yeah. out a little bit. Pants, what's your take? Digsies, where are we celebrating with your winning ticket? Bryson? Yes, where, sir. Vegas. Are we, I mean, I, I'm, I mean, it, this is, you have the right answer this time. Last time I was laughing at you, calling you out. It's all Bryson to Chambeau, dude. Thank you. I went Pants. on the range today. And I'm lifting my left heel up now on the backswing. I'm getting up on my left toe. It works. He's not a mad scientist. He just understands that David Ledbetter ruined a lot of swings by telling you to keep your left foot down. Um, he's in a, he, I think he just goes out there. He has the scrambling ability. We saw it with when he was playing against Gooch. Yeah, he finished second, but Gooch had to make a 25 footer on the 18th. Every time he was a little bit behind, he was out of position. This guy can scramble with the best of them. He's going to put on a clinic, and I'm feeling it. Another, another thing we all have to consider, and no one's mentioned so far, this dude loves the Ryder Cup. 
what a better way to shine say hey put me on the team bro that's a good point. And honestly, just think about this. The best player to ever play the game, Jack Nicholas, he picked up his left heel, right? Exactly. But you know what they want yeah. to do for a while? Hey, why don't we destroy people's backs? I know. <laughs> I've always well, picked up my is, heel. Yeah. The funny thing is Brandel Chambly, that, that's been a hill he, he's been on for like the last 10 years. So, uh, no, there's definitely some, some, something to it. It might be like the one thing he's been right about, you know, the last uh, several years. But, yeah, he's big on that block. Jake, your first pick. My first pick is honestly going to be Cam Smith. Uh, I just, the guy looked so sharp in London. This is a Lynx course where it's open, where he can just do what he wants to do, which is not care about hitting a, hitting a good drive because he can't do it. Um, you know, and I want to say this again, he's a great driver of the ball in comparison to us, but in comparison to top tier, tier level pros, he's horrible. Um, but, it doesn't matter when you're playing a link style course. I think the course is going to be set up wonderfully for him. And again, as long as he can find his ball, he's going to be able to play his ball. And as long as he plays his ball, he's going to be able to win. Because I, I just, I think he's in the right spot on the course to start off. Yes, he's playing two groups behind Patrick Cantley the first few days. But again, the, uh, the other big names are playing are right around him at the, f- the same timeline. In that three group cluster, you have uh, Brooks Kepka, Matsuyama, Scheffler, Fleetwood, Scott. Shoffley and Clark, Wyndham Clark. I think this is a great opportunity for him to showcase that his game has not gone anywhere. And I think he get, he, he shows up and takes the takes the cup home one more time. Yeah, that's a great pick. He I, did say, yeah, go. he did say that this is the the best he's been driving it than he can remember. So I think that that's that's some, something that he said in the oppressor uh, a little bit earlier. So yeah, it's great great pick. And he also did say they're going to have to rip the claret jug from me. You know, I'm not just going to let the next guy take it. Pants, what do you think? What are, are we thinking about the next couple of picks? Or what, I mean, I, no, you're, I'm all in with... You're with Bryson? I a few more. I'm 100% with Bryson. All right, I, so then go with your I'm, second I'm, pick. Well, here's... I'll just give you a few... I'll give my second pick right now. It's going to be Hovland. Okay. All right. Nice. Yep. Hovland, nice. I mean... This, this is the next up and comer kid. Everyone likes him. This, you know, he's like, he has that same type of Patrick Harrington feel. You don't, you can't dislike the guy. He's too likable. Got the game. He's, you know, he's racking up the top tens right now. Last year, remember, he goes off in the final group with Rory. Doesn't have the best round, but he's matured so much over the past year. Now people truly, you know, consider him a top seven player in the world. I like the Hovland pick, and I, honestly, sure. he, I could see him winning this week. I like that pick Actually, a lot. Yeah. Jake, your second pick? Second pick? Um, man, I don't even know what my second pick would actually be. Um, I, I, I want to see Spieth play well. I really do. I, I don't think that it's going to be mm. his week. He's just been seeming up too up and down. Um, I don't think that Brooks Kepka. I think that Brooks Kepka will be too far out of it after the first two rounds to make a difference. I think he'll be pissed off and trying to fight uh, Cantlay during those first two rounds. Um, he may not show it physically, but honestly, I think the guy to watch and that, that may surprise us all. Again, he won a few weeks ago, so it's not really that much of a surprise. But Ricky Fowler, keep your eye on him. He's looking sharp. He's won in Scotland before. He's looking sharp. Let's keep him. Let's keep your eye on him. Wow, has the tides have changed, huh? You. <laughs> Four weeks ago, you were saying, Ricky can't win. He can't close a 54-hole lead. He's 0 for 12. And now you're picking him to win. Wow. I'm not Jake, him to win. I'm just picking him as a better pick than anything else. So. Jake is on that Ricky sauce. I'm on the Ricky for sauce. Gentlemen, <laughs> gentlemen, think about how much 
difference a year has made in terms of Ricky and JT. Yeah. I, I would pick, oh, I would gosh. pick, imagine a year ago, you, Ricky's barely holding on. And now I would see him top 10 in the, in the British Open or the Open. And I don't see JT make it. Good chance JT doesn't make the cut. He's 80 to 1 JT right now to win, which is insane considering. Really? He's, make the cut? Wow. 40 to 1? I, I don't know. I'll check it out. But considering he just won the PGA last year, you know, it's pretty crazy. Let's see. Make miss the cut. Credit, give us your next pick while I'm looking this up. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, so I think we, we've, uh, we've already taken my, uh, two other picks, but, uh, because bef- before the season even started, this was like Jan- uh, January 1st. There were two guys that I picked to win majors. Obviously, this is the last major. So chances are like it was going to be one of these two guys that, and we've already men- mentioned them, uh, Victor Hovland and Cam Smith. Um, I think that they're, they're both, uh, playing pretty well. Obviously, Cam uh, knows Lynx golf. He, he plays uh, really well on uh, Lynx courses. Uh, the thing that worries me a little bit is the fact that even Cam said himself that, like, he doesn't play that well in the rain. So that gave me a little bit of cause for a pause because it's basically going to gonna be raining the whole whole time. Yeah. So uh, not sure about, about that. Um, I do think Vic, Victor Hovland's... Um, you know, I think this is, this may be his time. Like, I definitely think that he's winning a, a major sometime in the next couple of years. I don't think there's any question about it. Um, and I will say the main reason why I decided to go with, with Rom as, as my first pick is because the weather at the Masters, those last two rounds was not good. And he was the one that sort of elevated himself the most. That's so I do point. think if the weather gets bad... I think Rom is def- definitely the guy, but Rom, Hovland, Cam Smith, those three, you can't go wrong with any one of those things. Okay. Now, I did tell you guys that I like Rory. He's my third pick, but my second pick, another guy that's under the radar that played well at Valderrama, and someone who also loves the Ryder Cup and has great short game, Patrick Reed. His odds mm. changed. He was 65 to 1. It went up to 80 to 1. I don't know why. Um, wow. some, something must have happened. Um, but I don't know. He, he, he's just calling out to me this week. I, I think, you know, it, do I think he could win? Probably not, but I am sprinkling some money. He, he's 20, he's getting 20% of my funds this week. He can totally like win. It. I love it. 80 to 1. Uh, dude, you can, that's, that's a, that's a smart move. Yeah, I got him at that 65 to 1, and then I put a little bit more at 80 to 1. I wasn't going to let that go. And another guy, too, that out there, Ter- Terrell Hatton. I think Hatton might have a shot. I know he's a little fiery, and, you know, if he starts hitting some bad shots, missing some putts, he can get down on himself and gets in his head. But he's playing well. He's trending. Yeah, I think, think he had his moment. Yeah, he had his moment at the Players' Championship, and I think you can – just forget about it for the big tournaments for the rest of the year. <laughs> plus, plus, I don't think that Tyrrell Hatton can survive that pairing. He's in, he's in a pairing with Max Homa and Morikawa. That's oh. going to be tough for him. Well, he's not an he's he's not an ectomorph. That's for sure. Yeah. So he doesn't fit. He doesn't fit with them. I mean, do you think that Max Homa cringes whenever he, whenever Tyrrell Hatton lets off seventy five f bombs <laughs> on every single first on every single tee shot? That's funny, Jake. Who do you like for your third pick? Third pick. Ooh. Honestly, I, I, I mean, you guys don't like Rory. Well, sorry. Yeah, some of us don't like Rory in here. Uh, but honestly, <laughs> his, his game's in the right spot. 
Now, it hasn't been done in a long time to see the uh, winner of the Scottish Open also win uh, the Open Championship. But you know what? I, I got to put some I got to put some thoughts behind it because he's looking sharp. I mean, when he hit that two iron, you know, it's hard to, when you have to when you're playing into such a strong win that you're having to like clutch down on a club that you normally goes like like three like two seventy five and you're having to basically force it to go only two hundred. That's tough to do, and that was really brave of him, and he made it work. That was impressive to me. Um, I, so I got to put some faith in him that he might be able to make this happen. Um, he's been trending in the right direction for a long time. He's long, long not, time. He's not talking to the press. He's been so close in so many majors. You know what? Eventually, one of these are going to have to go in. Diggsies is rubbing off on Jake Pants. See that? Well, let me just, before we get, it gets any crazier, no one said Scotty Scheffler. No, that's what I was going to say once I was going to yeah. ask your last pick because the number one golfer in the world, best tee to green golfer in the world right now, not one person picked him. I mean, if we're going to the number three, I'm throwing them out there right now just to give this podcast any credibility. Okay. Go for it. Why is Scheffler well, going to win? Well, none of that, but look at his, his, his record. He's hasn't, I think I looked at it recently. It was something crazy, like 18 tournaments in a row with that. And his worst finish was like a, a tie for 13th. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. But no, he's going to play, uh, play well. I think he's going to finish top 10. I just don't think he's going to, going to win, but yeah, we'll have to see. If he could putt, man, he would be, you know, like his just putter has let him down and who knows what he's doing with it. He changed once. Is he changing back? Is he changing to something else? I don't know. It's just insane if you do I, look back at his entire season. Like th- you're right, there is there is literally not one opportunity that he played in where he's what further back than like tenth, twelfth. The dude is the player right now. But again, we all have the same questions that you do, where it's like, is he going to putt clutch when it matters? And that's really what it matters about on these courses. That's absolutely true. I think that one of the things that's going to work in his favor is that these greens are obviously, you know, a lot slower than typical greens are on the PJ Tour or in pro golf in general. And uh, that can def- definitely help if you're struggling with, with your putting because, uh, you know, slower greens, I think it's going to, he's going to be able to get into a little bit more of a rhythm with, with the putter. But, you know, and like I said, I think he's going to play, uh, play well. Is he going to win? Probably not. Would it shock me if he, he won? No, I think that he could. Uh, but I, I do think he's, you know, a solid top 10 pick. I'm going to do this. Top five, because, and I just read this, from T to green, he's leading the number two and number three player combined. I mean, he, he's lapping everyone. So Jeez. by so many strokes that if you if you look at number two and three guys who are in that, that stroke, strokes green, T to green, he's, he's actually beating them. In terms of how much, how many strokes he's gaining, that's insane when you think about it. That is well, he he, he literally is two thousand year year two thousand Tiger Woods if he could putt. I mean that just that just shows you when you see how much he's leading on the next two best players, T to Green, as far as strokes gained. That just literally shows you how lackluster his putting game is, and it's just it's it's just it's amazing how it's his, his Achilles heel. Yeah, some yeah. of those pots he made at the end of the U.S. Open, man, they were just, they were way off, man. And, like, you could see he was frustrated. Like, he, he didn't even, he had no confidence going up there and hitting those putts. But, yeah. I've gone, I've gone as far as adding a little bit of Scheffler, sli- Scheffler slide in my swing as well. 
I mean, Ooh. let the feet work. You see Ricky Fowler even, his left foot is stepping left when he goes through the ball. These guys are having happy feet now. You're not, you're, you're, you're a ballet dancer out there. What about DJ Khaled's step, step swing? Do you see that one? Yeah, it's, it was just disturbing actually because that, because <laughs> that guy, because, cause that guy is an endomorph and I don't want to see an endomorph trying to step through it and then have his body facing toward the target each time. Look well, at I mean, you know, what, what hit the green first, his ball or his tits? <laughs> you know what really upsets me? This guy just picked up clubs like a year ago and he's on the island playing Seabanek, Long Island National, Shinnecock, and I've lived here for 38 years and I'll never get to play those unless I get in with the right crowd, you know? <laughs> well, you know, you know what that means? You need to, you need to, you need to find an, another friend. And another friend. Yes. And another friend. The perks. The perks of, you know. And it's not It'll even. It'll happen. And, and it's not even like I could hit the lotto and, and go play those courses. Like, the, they're like guest invites only, you know? Yeah. Well, I think the problem well, that, that what hits you, what, what, what hampers your chances of playing there is that if they require any class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pro- probably. Well, considering. Considering I've, uh, I'm a Long Islander that, that has been like looking up to uh, play Shinnecock. Uh, you know, it's, you, you just have, have to keep hope alive. Like it's not, um, classes is, is, is not, not a prereq from, from what I saw, saw there. So I, I wouldn't worry, uh, worry about that too much. Uh, you know, just, uh, coming up in the golf world is always, uh, a way to just kind of get introduced to the right people. And, yeah. uh, you know, you just have to have to have the right timing. So. Uh, yeah, it'll def- definitely happen. At some point. I, I could fake class for five, five hours pants. Don't worry. <laughs> Here's a real question Maybe. though, but we have gone this entire time and we haven't talked about the hottest player on live golf this season. Gooch. The Gooch. Yeah. The guy who can Fair. flight the ball better than anybody else probably in, in live golf, save for maybe Peter Uline being a part of that conversation as far, as far as yeah. just being able to control your ball flight. We're playing in the Open Championship, which is, again, an opportunity where we find out how good are you against wind. He's from Oklahoma. He's the only player in the field who's based out of Oklahoma. Guys, why are we not talking about him? I I really try to look and and find a reason to pick him, but it's just his history in the majors. It's like, you know, like... That's the only thing. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think when he does play well in a major, like I'm not going to pick him to play well in a major. He's just going to have to do it and prove it. At this, this point, after I went on a, on a limb and, and said he was going to play well at the PG, PGA, and then he missed, missed the cut. So uh, he needs to show us uh, something. And he, he, oh, for sure. And he should have been in the U.S. Open, obviously. And I think that he, he would have had a, a pretty good good showing there because it fit into his game perfectly. But. You know, I just think I'd love to see him uh, have a top 10, top 5 will be even better. Uh, you know, that's that's what I, I'm hoping for for him. Do I expect that now? What about well, Wynn- Wyndham Clark? Finish your uh, gooch point, Pence, and then we'll get to Wyndham Clark. You know, to be honest, because I, I didn't really know much about gooch this whole year, and he's won three of his last five events on live. If he went out and just stepped it up and won – Every time he wins, it surprises me still for some reason. Yeah. Because he's playing against Brooks, DJ, Bryson, Reed, and, and Cam Smith. And he's continually beating these guys over and over again. So, honestly, nothing surprises me about the guy. You know, I think Gooch is a prime example of one of the things that I always talk about, which is the celebrity of a golfer takes so much longer to develop than the actual game of the golfer. Uh, Unless you're Max Homa. Unless you're Max Homa. Unless you're Max Homa. Uh, (laughs) But you're right. In general, the player, the player isn't 
jumped or, or leaped into that realm of expectation or being celebrity or being a top player in the eyes of the people until well after they've already been a top player for a long time. This happened with John Rahm. This happened with Scotty Scheffler. It wasn't until this year that we started having high expectations of Scotty Scheffler. He was number one player in the world. And most people at the golf course had no clue who he was until after the President's Cup, until after the Tour Championship. It, it takes time. And you're right. Gooch, yeah, he's won three of his last five live events. But we just don't really think about him very much just no. because of the fact that, again, he's... You know, he's not the guy in our head yet, even though he is the guy on the course. And by the way, JT is still minus 235. So you need to bet $235 to win 100 for him to make the cut. So they think he'll make the cut. So that's some good, that's some good eating. Yeah. We'll see because I'm all (laughs) against him. I think he won't. And Gooch has the same odds as JT, 80 to 1, which is insane. So that's that's an insult. Yeah. That's an insult. That oh. is an insult. So there's a lot of older players no, in the field because obviously the um, uh, Open Championship adds older players in the same way that they do with the Masters, where you know if you're an older player, you can get a chance. That's one. That's one. The championship you can get in. So we have like Darren Clark and John Daly playing this event. Out of the old guys, the legacy, the legacy players playing this event, who do you think is looking the sharpest going into this? Patrick Harrington. Patrick yeah. Harrington. Dude was actually on the leaderboard at the Scottish Open after round two, wasn't he? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was only three or four back at that point. Yeah. He yeah, just, they're like talk, talking about him as a, a dark horse for the uh, for the Ryder Cup at this point. And I, that kind of threw, threw me for a loop. But you know, if he's playing that, uh, that well in some of these events, like if he finishes top ten in the Open Championship, like, I mean, I guess you have to throw him in there as a wild card, potentially. He's a stud man. He doesn't get a lot of credit for what he did. Like that, those two years that he won the three majors, like he was top of the top of the food chain for a while there. You know why? Because for two of them, the back-to-back ones, no tiger. There's tiger an asterisk, there. no tiger in the field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good That's point. Right. That's right. That's right. Because uh, Tiger was dealing with the whole divorce th- stuff at that point, right? Was that oh, those were the, divorce, the divorce years, right? No, that that was the AC, That was the two majors right after the ACL. What? the U.S. Open, so gotcha. he missed gotcha. the Open Championship uh, 2008, and then he missed the PGA. That was a great so rivalry with Taiwan. that was a great rivalry with Padraig and Sergi at that time, because those two did not like each other. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. Great. That's true. And I was rooting so hard for Sergio to get to get one of one of those, whether it be Carnoustie 07 or the PGA, I think it was Oakland Hills 08. I was rooting really hard for Sergio to get get one of those two because he's like too great of a player to me to only have one major. But you know, um, and I'm not giving up. I I do think like if Sergio was in this particular championship, like he he's a guy. The last two opens at this course finished in the top five. So uh, in, including finishing in, in second, and I think he had a fifth. So uh, yeah, too bad Sergio couldn't make make it in. We we still have to. Completely revamp how uh, players get into these majors. Hopefully next year it's resolved and we'll have all the right players in the field. Yeah, they definitely need to fix the ranking system. And, you know, like you said, look what Phil did. You know, like if you keep your body right, you could win into your 50s. So it's not over for Sergio. 
right? And, yeah, and even just show up for a, for a tournament. Cause, I mean, you know, look, I mean, the Masters, we, none of us had any idea Phil was going to even make the cut. I mean, let's be real. Yeah, he was not looking to inform. What about the PGA? Sudden, what about the PGA two years ago? Nobody oh, yeah. did you right. He, that yeah, was I'm out of the blue. This, I'm talking about this year because because it, it's even harder. Yeah, let's be real. It gets exponentially harder each year. It's not like. You know, you, a 51-year-old and a 53-year-old is a whole different world. It's not the same as like a 23-year-old and a 25-year-old. Yep. All right. It, it just gets exponentially harder each year. There's a reason why we don't see it very very often. Yep. And before I forget, too, I just want to give a shout-out and good luck to our uh, podcast friend, Travis Smythe, who will be playing in the Open this year. Um, he came on. He was the first ever golfer golf media guy to come on the podcast with me last year so good luck mate hopefully you make the cut make a run up the leaderboard would love to see you on top on sunday but um yeah other than that is there anything else we miss guys you know, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but there's we can keep going if we want to. I mean, I, I mean there's a million things we could talk about, find a way to talk about. Like, you know, anyway, <laughs> who is the pl- who is the player most likely to have a temper tantrum on, on, on number six, you know, or whatever. You know, yeah. Well, one of my takeaways from this is that Jake doesn't know what irons John Rahm uses. <laughs> I got, I, I got, I made a mistake about the, about the, about what specific version of Apex he has. My bad. There's, there's only, there's like 12 different versions. And so I just wanted to throw that out there. I, I, mean, I study them a lot because I was considering even going to between the TCBs or the raw version and raw versions are very exciting. Yeah. We all like it raw. <laughs> <laughs> always, always can count on pants to give a good dig. It's okay, Jake. I, I, you know, just remember everybody thinks I don't know who's on the, uh, Torque, Team Torque, David Puig. So we all make mistakes. <laughs> we, all do. we all do. Life is life. But um, yeah, that does it for this week's episode of 54 Live. If you haven't already, subscribe to uh, follow uh, Not Pro Golf Critic, I believe is his twitter um on twitter i'll post it in the episode title subscribe to big boy pants golf on youtube check out their videos you'll see pro golf critic you'll see jake on with big boy every week it's great content especially if you're a big live guy again follow us live uh, 54 live pod on twitter apple podcast spotify and uh thanks for coming on the show guys and unfortunately it's the last major of the year but you know maybe we'll get this going again for the uh last live event the team competition yeah yeah perfect all right yeah, guys. thank you you're welcome thanks for coming on and enjoy the week you too anyone but rory all right that does it